You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. And I am joined by Reds correspondent Sarah Clapson. Hello. Hello. And Forest fan Lisa Fox. Hello. Hello. Are you a well-known Forest fan? Uh, people know me. <laughs> <laughs> a relatively well-known Forest fan, Lisa Fox, is our guest this week. As we look back on the 2-2 draw at Middlesbrough initially, which was pretty rubbish or positive. How, how do we see it, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> it, up until maybe the last few minutes, it was pretty rubbish. Um, the fact they got a draw out of it, I think you have to say, is pretty positive because they could well have lost that. They were really, really poor. Um yeah, I think you've got to say that they did well to take a point in the end. Um, thanks to Lewis Graben getting back on the goals. But before that, it was really not very good at all. They didn't play well. Um, they sh- After they'd, they'd gone in front through um, through Ryan Yates' goal, they, they were all going like this, focus, focus, mm-hmm. think, think. Nobody did. Um, for half-time, two goals in four minutes and they were on the back foot again and then just never really got going. Didn't look like scoring until the last few minutes, really. Um, Yeah, it it wasn't a great night. And Lisa, it was your 21st birthday on Monday. (laughs) It was. (laughs) But you still watched the game. Still watched the game. Did you get the feeling after five, ten minutes, the way Middlesbrough started, it was going to be one of those nights or not? Um, No, not really. It was just... As Joe Worrell kind of summed it up, it was a bit of a pants game, wasn't it, all over? Mm. Um, but you can never rule Forest out. You know, they do have that mentality that they don't give up to the last minute, regardless of how rubbish they've actually been throughout. And a point's a point at the end of the day. And it's a point that, you know, Forest have picked up and um, taken them a little bit further away from seventh, which is, you've got it's got to be the aim, hasn't it? That, that top six needs to pull away. Is it kind of why they're playoff chasing team that they can grind out results but they're not an automatic promotion team at the moment in the fact that they just can't quite seem to string it together to win 10 games in a row like you need to do you think? I think Forest's problem is that when they have to play against the teams that are around them they really do up the game Mm -hmm. but when they're playing against the teams that are struggling for whatever reason and and you can't pinpoint it they just seem to just play at that level and so Middlesbrough wanted to stop them playing football and that's exactly what they did Um, and it wasn't until sort of 20 minutes before the end we made a couple of substitutions they made a substitution and that actually changed the game and it was definitely a good goal by Graben wasn't it? It was yeah it really was Um, I think it was a real cheeky little goal he's he'd missed a few good chances in games before that and I think people were saying oh Graben what's he doing but if you look back at the games, yes, he missed he missed the odd chance in certain games, but he didn't have lot he didn't have lots of chances. It wasn't like he was missing chances all the time. It was just that he was missing the odd one or two, and they they were crucial chances, and maybe that emphasises it a little bit more. But he's such he's so um, potent in and around that box, isn't he? If you if you give him enough chances, he'll get one eventually. I just spend most of my life saying I love Lewis. Mm. I love Lewis. Uh, he's the best striker we've had in quite a long time. Um, and it's not just his prowess in front of goal. It's, a, it's actually his work rate. You know, in, if he loses the ball anywhere near the box, he's the first player to touch it. It could be back on the edge of his own box. And you can't fault him. Who's he the best striker since then? Collymore, probably. Collymore? Yeah. Okay. That's going far back. That's going a long way back. But he was the most exciting player that we had. And I love DJ, love Ernie, but they've they've got different qualities and they all, you know, putting them all together, that'd be exciting. Mm -hmm. Better than, well, Harewood, Earnshaw. Britt. Better than Britt. Better than Britt. 
definitely better than Brit mm-hmm. in terms of just work rate. Do we give the ref any credit for giving that goal? Because Keith Stroud and nine other refs no. out of ten would have, have disallowed that. Can we not think? talk about referees, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it was a foul at all. No, I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Just very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it very was clever. very clever. Very clever. And could they have gone on and won it at the end, maybe? Dean Carvey had that one that was deflected wide, was a bit unlucky, and then fell over his feet in the box in stoppage time. Were we being a bit greedy there? Had it fallen to anybody else maybe would have got the three points out of it um he's just short of confidence and probably does need a goal or two to make his game better is that what we think about it confidence is the problem i think so i think because of of how it had gone for him at huddersfield previously it it was always going to be difficult for him to come in i guess he kind of came to forest and was hoping for a clean start clean break um but just didn't really get his chance to have a run of games and maybe that's not helped him as well. Um, He's certainly quick. He's got bags and bags of pace. It's just being able to to use it in the right way, I think. If he gets going, I think he's got something about him. It's just, I think it is just confidence. Mm. I think Mm. part of the the problem is that Forrest have got a pretty settled 11 Mm. and not, you know, when you you look at the games that we've had, barring Charlton, um, when there was quite a few changes, and it really went wrong um, you know you've got to say it's settled and why would you change it mm. and yeah I mean I mean, if we, that Charlton game itself we played worse that night than we did at Middlesbrough mm. um, and we, we you know quite, quite rightly lost that game whereas Monday you couldn't actually see them losing but you couldn't see them winning it either mm. yeah what about the subs then? We talk about the depth, to be fair, to you know, Carvalho and Bostock, they, they did make a difference off the bench, do you think? Yeah, I think they did. I think they looked bright. They added a bit of um, a bit of impetus going forward. They tried to get Forrest going. Um, I mean, it's always difficult when you come on in, in games like that as a substitute to try and make an impact, but I think they're both they both did all right. They both did well. Um, and they helped Forrest get something from it, which is what you want from your substitutes, really. How do you see Carvalho? Because a lot of managers, uh, they don't. He didn't really fit with O'Neill. I don't think Lamucci's convinced. Uh, fans love him. What's your take on Carvalho, Lisa? I think he's a flair player, um, and I think he's probably his his style of football is probably better suited to the Premiership, where he will get more time on the ball. Mm. Um, and you do see glimpses, uh, but Forest fans aren't very patient, are they? Um, and ultimately, it's a results business. So does he start against Millwall? Does Bostock start? Can you make two changes in midfield? What what, what do you reckon for the line? I'd, I'd start Carvalho. I think he, I think he's another one perhaps where confidence is maybe a little bit of a problem at the minute because he because he's not been playing. He's he's been coming on here and there, but he's not had a run of games. I think if you give him a run of games and you give him in the position which suits him best, give him that free role where he can kind of roam around a little bit and make an impact. I think you'll I think you'll start to get back to where he was. Um, but I, I'd start on Friday, definitely. Um, mm. I think at home against Millwall, that kind of creativity and quality that he brings, I think he could he could help make a difference. You start him as well, Lisa? I would, exactly mm. what Sarah said, to be mm. honest. Um, you know, we are missing Silva. He is a, is a different type of player, but he can add that little bit of finesse, I guess. Um, whereas, you know, Millwall are quite a physical team historically, um, and it won't be easy. Mm. But my take on it before Monday was we need four points out of these two games and you wouldn't have mattered which way round 
you know, you got them. So I'd be quite happy to to go out there and scrape a 1-0 win on Friday night, to be fair. <laughs> what about Yates then? Because I suppose it was Bostock who came on for him. For some reason, there's all there's a fall guy with Forest fans, isn't there, all the time, whether it's Ben Osborne or, you know, whoever else it has been in previous years, Danny Fox, pe- people like that. At the moment, it seems to be Yates for whatever reason. Is that That's a bit harsh, isn't it, really? It is a bit harsh. Um, you know, he's still young, he's still learning his trade. Uh, last season, you know, when Worrell went out on loan, um, people were saying he'll never make it as a Forest player, whatever. Um, you know, actually, he's one of our best players this season. Mm-hmm. And I think every every single... And it always seems to be the homegrown lads. You know, and you'd think that they'd have the backing of the fans because mm-hmm. people see them out. You know, people have grown up with them. Um, but they... I don't know. I, I quite like Yates, and I was really pleased that he he got the goal on uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. He's not done too too badly. I no, think. I think it's because he he's not got he's not that kind of like that flair player. He's he's a bit more grit and, and grind, and maybe that's what fan, fa- fans want glamour players they want players that are going to kind of make the difference going forward. Maybe, and that's not Yates's game. He's not going to play that kind of pass like Carvalho plays or I mean he scored a good goal against Middlesbrough definitely but he's a different kind of player and maybe they go a bit more under the radar they're a bit bit more underrated but mm. I mean he puts the effort in every week you can't fault him for and that and he might be the kind of player you need against Millwall as well yeah I think so someone that can dig in and I mean he gets stuck in he's not afraid of kind of putting himself about a bit and flying in with the tackles and I think you know the kind that kind of game. I think he's well suited for that. Yeah, you could maybe say that him and, and Watson together is a, a little bit too defensive at home, but but if you play Carvalho, exactly, yeah, and being tough to beat is so important. And if if Forest can have that kind of base, and then you've got other players ahead of them that can make a difference, mm. I'd, yeah, I, I would start him on on Friday instead of maybe Samido or Bostock. I mean, both of them have kind of got. They don't have too much middle ground, do they, Samido? Especially Samido at Bostock a bit as well. They're either very good or, you know, Samido is as he was at Middlesbrough. Yeah, you've, you've. Who's the ref on Friday? Do we know who the ref is yet? I've not looked yet. No, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> you've got Yates flying in with the tackles. It's that, you know, are you going to get 90 minutes out of him or are we going to have a silly ref that we're going to end up with 10 players after half an hour? Um, and that's, that is. Unfortunately, part of his game, um, but I think it's it's honesty. Mm. And he's a Forest fan at the end of the day, and he, he wants to win, you know. And, you, and sometimes you, your heart rules your head, um, and he just needs to settle it down a little bit. And I think going, you know, two three years time, you'll see a completely different side to him as a player. Um, and Lamucci's brought out the best in a lot of the players, so you've kind of got to have a little bit of patience and mm. and just go with that. But I, I would start him on on Friday night. I don't think. Um, it's Samedo's type of game. I really, really rated him at the start of the season. He's gone off the boil a little bit, um, but you never know what's coming with Forest. You know, it's it's just one of, one of those seasons where anything could happen. Yeah, is that the problem in a way that probably makes me think they won't finish second or first? You don't really know what's coming from them. But anything could happen. Well, yeah, exactly. happen yeah. I think that says a lot about the whole of the championship. Yeah, you does, can yeah. say that every week for every game. Try and pick the scores every week is like trying to. Yeah, that it, uh, Wigan West Brom game at the weekend yeah, yeah. wasn't a lot of hackers, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just it's absolutely crazy. I can't remember too many seasons like it where you, you're looking at all the results and going, it's, it's just bonkers. Yeah. Anything, anything happens. Like you say, just week to week, mm. you wouldn't rule it out. Wouldn't rule Forest out going on a run and closing that gap and, and Leeds not putting some results together. But I, I think top two, it looks tough mm. at the minute. Um, but. 
if for, I think Forest just have to concentrate on themselves. If they pick up results, the important thing is to finish in the top six. You want to put that gap between yourselves and the chasing pack. And if they do that, then they're going to start closing on the top two probably anyway. So mm. just focus. I think that's what Lamucci's very good at is getting them focused and getting them concentrating just game to game. And that's the right way about it. That's why, the right way to go about it. Just take it step by step. That's his phrase, step by step. Mm. And and then see where you are. And they're as good as anybody in the division at, at, on the day and beating teams. Um, it, it comes down to so many different things, though, doesn't it? Look, refs, yeah. injuries, so many different factors. But mm. I gave last week's guests kind of four scenarios, so I'll give them to you, Lisa, as well, and you can tell me what's going to happen. So uh, automatic promotion, promotion via the playoffs, losing the playoffs, or don't even make the playoffs. What's going to happen, do you think, this season? <laughs> good luck making that prediction. <laughs> Mm. Um, I think it's going to be really, really tough to choose. Um, I don't think we will not finish in the top six. Yeah. Um, we were having this conversation the other day about who you'd like in the playoffs. Mm. So I think part of me is top two is kind of out of reach, but it would be nice if on the last day, you know, we just knock Leeds out of there. That'd be quite good fun. Um, <laughs> So if we're looking at who who would I like to play over two legs, um, which would then get us to Wembley too mm. for the chance of getting in, getting up. Um, we've beaten Brentford twice already, so I'd really like to avoid them completely. Um, Fulham over two legs, I think we could do. Mm. And then it's that team that's just going to sneak in. Mm. And that's the unknown, isn't it? That there's always somebody that goes on that little bit of a run that gets in there and is on a bit of a high as yeah. as the as they're going in the the momentum's there um so i think we will finish top 6 mm. i'd like to think that it's about time we got to wembley because it'd be really nice to uh, to have a day out um and then anything can happen mm. i quite like to play brentford if we're pursuing ways to win here I might hate to play a Preston or somewhere like that they're, yeah. they're, Fulham, you know, Fulham would be quite good but Fulham, yeah. Fulham are used to being in the Premiership mm. so they kind of know what needs to happen mm. um, for us it's it's you know it's a big day out isn't it at the yeah. end of the day it's all about um, how they cope with pressure isn't it as well and yeah. whether they can handle the kind of occasion and everything that comes around the playoffs for mm. a lot of the players at Forest it would be new territory mm. and it's how they handle that and how they kind of cope with it all um, but I mean they've got a good record against teams in and around the top six so I don't think they'd fear no. anybody really no they're, they're generally I think top sort of seven eight Forest haven't lost mm. over the last season-ish true anyway we're getting way ahead of ourselves and people yeah. are probably saying why are you talking about that he's just going to jinx it because we're going up <laughs> <laughs> let's have our um, pointless as it's probably uh, Millwall predictions then what do you think will happen on Friday oh uh, you go first <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a douse 1-0 win note to producer Dan to probably edit out that word <laughs> I think that I think they'll win um, I think it'll be a, one of those kind of grind it out maybe not play brilliantly days but still manage to get a result um, I'll go 2-1 I think but then an early goal mm. and somebody's going to get a, a battery in one day somebody's yeah. going to it's all going to click yeah. and somebody's going to get hammered hopefully it'll be Derby <laughs> yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it <laughs> are we bothered about Gary Rowett being manager of them is that a bit no. too that's a bit too yesterday isn't it now 
Came to train as he was. He was sacked a while ago by Derby, wasn't he? To be fair. Yeah, it was a while ago. I suppose. What's your prediction? Oh, no one cares what my prediction is. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I'm a most report person. I think they'll probably draw. I don't know. I'm, I should say <laughs> That's they'll win. On the fence, Matt. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think they'll lose, but I don't know. Like you said, we don't know what we're going to get from Forest, do we? It could be anything. Depends I like to think they've got so that much. kind of really rubbish performance out of the way, so now they're going to go the yeah, opposite way. There's been and a few really rubbish performances. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it, though. I mean, you played you know, really good against Leeds, yeah. really pants against Charlton, yeah. really good against West Brom, yeah. um, in spite of the referee. You know, that particular week, if you'd have ended up with six points out of nine, you'd have been quite happy. Mm. So this one, again, it's that it is mm. four points out of the six. I'd be happy with that. So we've got to go for a win on Friday. Yeah, mm. they're probably due another Leeds performance, aren't they? They seem to be brilliant or hopeless so hopefully it's brilliant this week <laughs> not much um, middle ground is there so how did you end up as a forest fan Lisa we like to ask guests that my dad took me when I was eight nine um, my first game was in the Brian Clough stand as it is now um, and forest played Liverpool and they won 1-0 and my dad threw me down the stand <laughs> <laughs> and I was hooked um, start, and started going myself with one of my friends from school um 1988 mm. and that was my first season ticket season and been ever since and I think it probably helped at that time that Forest were quite successful we were at Wembley every season um, and had some really good days out and seen them through League One um, I can remember going to the playoff game when we lost to Yeovil mm. I was pregnant with Jessica who's nearly 13 and um Standing there, knowing that literally we were five minutes away from Wembley, I, I was quite upset at the time anyway, because I knew that if we got to Wembley, I wouldn't be able to go. Um, and Wes Morgan came on, and my sister just said to me, she said, we're going to Wembley. And I was like, it's not over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> and we didn't go to Wembley. No, we didn't. Um, and now I take the kids to the games, and hopefully I'll get to take Jessica to Wembley. So which is your Forest team then? For me, it's Paul Hart's 2002-2003 team. Is yours a little bit before that, do you think? Um, the Peterborough team that oh, got promoted yeah. back in 94. Yeah, Stan Collymore's goal. Stan Collymore, that. That, that is still and probably always will be the best away day ever. Mm. Um, standing on that terrace with the sun shining, people climbing up the pylons, you don't ever forget it. And it was just the best day out um, Paul Hart's team I cried all the way back from Sheffield <laughs> just it was the closest we've been in a long time and it'd be mm. really good this season there is a massive feel good factor um, I've said all along that Sabri nobody knew who he was and he brought in some pretty unfashionable players who he's got playing out of their skin and it's quite exciting it's quite an exciting time to be a Forest fan and hopefully the lads will just dig in and do the business mm. feels different doesn't it it does feel different yeah mm. would you give a new contract then straight away yes regardless of yeah. where they end up um, you know history kind of shows that teams that are in or around the playoffs one season if they don't get promoted will be in or around automatic promotion the next year as both Leeds and West Brom are proving um, and hopefully Forest won't need that because they'll have gone up mm. but if not I would really like to think that the board have got it together now that they can keep the majority of the team together 
um, and that they can make a real push for it next year if this season isn't the one to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Does it have to be this season, do you think, in terms of keeping war and cash and people like that? That is the worry, isn't it? That if they don't go up, that we're going to lose some of those players. I would expect there will be maybe one or two that go in the summer anyway because they need to balance the books again. Um, it's usually a, a surprise that they just fling out there. Um, but it would be quite a shame, I think, to lose Worrell and Cash. Um, but if I had to really think about it logically, I don't think both of them will be at Forest next year if they don't get promoted. Mm-hmm. A bit like that Paul Hart team, I guess, really. Yeah, that, that was the most devastating thing from that side, mm-hmm. that they just allowed them to, to go. Um, you know, watching David Johnson and Harewood, um, Michael Dawson at that time, um, and then you throw Darren Huckabee into that mix, and he was a really exciting player. Yeah. Um, for them to all be together, and then this, this, that season ended, and it was just right. He's gone. He's gone. What happens next? And then Hart went, and and it's kind of been downhill since. Mm. Has it changed being a female fan over the years? Is football more welcoming now or not? Um, it's more of a family club now. I mean, I can remember going way back and it it wasn't, you know, it was predominantly male, probably still is to a degree. Um, and I have been told previously that I'm not allowed an opinion because I'm a female. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they won't be listening to this then. <laughs> uh, probably not. Um, and, and so it's nice to get invited in to do things like this because I have followed, followed Forest for a long time. Um, I think I know a little bit about football. Uh, yeah. Has it changed being a female journalist? I've not asked you that before. You know, known you a while or not? Um, I don't know really. Um, I think probably the same as you. You still get people on social media that don't like to see women in and around football, um, and they make that known, but. Mm. Generally, I think it, it's got a lot better. Um, when you go to press rooms now up and down the country, there's there's certainly more female reporters, photographers, presenters um, covering games than there was. I think that's that's definitely come on a lot in the last in the last few years. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to say whether it's it's changed a great deal. I think um, you'd like to think so. I'd like to think that people are more. Okay, with <laughs> inclusive, <laughs> inclusive, inclusive, yeah, inclusive, yeah. Um, I, I guess you'll always get people that are a bit stuck in the past, maybe. Mm, but mm. the social media arguments, though, when you actually start that off, is quite funny. Um, you know, you you see a comment, or you, you you're told to get back in the kitchen, or whatever, and you just retweet it and tag as many female fans in that you can you, you can, and mm. then everyone else jumps on it, and you can just step away. <laughs> Oh, he wants to see your face. Obscuring my whole face. Uh, Lisa, you are, are you an ambassador? I am. Right? Yes. Not for the government. For not for the government. <laughs> for a charity. So, uh, and you've got an auction coming up. You might want to tell us about it, try and get people involved. Quite a, quite a big event coming up, actually. Um, so I got involved with the charity back in 2016. Um, the charity's Footprints Conductive Education Centre. Um, they're based in Snenton. They provide conductive education for babies and children with cerebral palsy and other motor disabilities. Um, I met um, a little boy called Logan at a charity event 
um, at the South Bank. It was Duncan McKenzie's um, speaker's night and Logan was going around on his frame with um, with his little collecting box. And I said, oh, you're a Forest fan? No, I support Leicester. And I was like, right, OK. Uh, so who's your, be- who's your favourite player then? Where's Morgan? No, Jamie Vardy. And I just it was just banter. And I had a conversation with his mum and got involved. You know, I messaged her a few days later on social media, said, really nice to meet you. I want to do something for the charity. And she said, well, Logan hasn't stopped talking about the blonde from the bar ever since he met you. And that was my reason then to go into the charity, see what they do. Um, and I'm hosting my third Little Footprints Ball in November this year. Um, we've raised over £30,000 for the charity so far and got quite a big target this year. There are still tickets available for the event. Uh, I'm, an, I'm also after raffle and auction prizes. Mm. And a lot of those are forest-related, which is quite a lot of why bringing up. There's some good forest-related you know, memorabilia there in is. there. There's some, some great stuff. We've got... Um, some really really interesting pieces that are one-offs that will uh, will excite some forest fans I think and uh, so there are some auctions on online now that are, are helping me fundraise along the way mm. um, which which can be seen on my Twitter feed oh god you're going to plug your own Twitter <laughs> no I'm not go on what is it at Foxy 219 that's it yeah there you go thank you getting a bit of self-publicity in there as well <laughs> That's why everybody knows me. Yes, I plug my own Twitter feed and Sarah's. We don't want the abuse. Right, um, that sort of brings us to the end. So I'll do my usual plug for reviews and subscriptions because that does really help us. We've had loads of good reviews so far. So uh, review and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and get the show straight away into your inbox. And um, yeah, it does really help us. I know it sounds boring, but hopefully it keeps us on uh, making these episodes because it's the highlight of my working week. So thank you very much. Uh, Lisa, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Sarah, thank you as ever. And we'll be back next week with uh, someone else when I book someone. Thanks very much. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 